0: Listening to KPFA, KPFB in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for cover to cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money. Every Friday, happy endings are the rules, so divide up
1: those in This is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is the first day of our marathon, our fundraising time. Oh, people, I think what I'll do today... I'll just tell you what premium I have, and then I'll read you something, something terribly literary, and then I'll hit you over the head (laughs) with a request for cash up front. Yes, my premium today is a book by Ron Powers. It's a biography of Mark Twain. Yes, the father of American literature, the big man. It's from Free Press. It's a $35 book, biography of Mark Twain, 600 pages, you know. Um, This is all about Twain as America's first great rock star, global celebrity, titanic personality, you know. How he, what is it, embodied the best and the worst and all that of the Gilded Age, which he named... uh, A man of great industriousness, avarice, irreverence, and courage. Actually, I've always loved Mark Twain. Uh, Most of all for me, it's because uh, he took the vernacular speech and turned it into art. Art speech, yes. Um, Today we still have people struggling (laughs) with that notion. Anyway. Anyway. I'll talk some more about this biography a little later. What I'd like to do, just just to switch switch rhythm here, before I tell you all the soulful reasons why you must become a member of KPFA, I thought I'd just read you a few passages from my favorite, favorite, favorite Mark Twain. It's one of the more obscure bits. It's called The Diary of Adam and Eve. And I thought of it the other day, when our own Philip Muldery, whom you were just listening to, he opined, he opined, yes, that I had some notion of female superiority. Yes, the gender benders, right. And I thought of the Diary of Adam and Eve, in which Mark Twain uh, reveals, oh, what is that, his, his glorious paternalism, his great love for, um, what is it, the feminine principle. ...for Eve, um, but of course he turns it into this tremendous joke, this tremendous uh, comedy. He writes little bits of uh, diary entries, first from Adam, then from Eve, back and forth... ...and it ends at the grave of Eve in the end, and uh, it always brings tears to my eyes. He was, of course, a misanthrope in his old age... He began as a man of, what would we call it, uh, uh, let's say he was uh, one of those people who eats life. He had a wonderful time of it, but as more time passed, the darkness intruded. I remember when I was a college girl, I thought that Mark Twain had just written all those cute stories for children, you know. (laughs) Huckleberry Finn and the rest of it, I didn't get it, but... Then I read a book called The Mysterious Stranger, in which he wrote the story of the devil, a little boy who comes to uh, stay with some other little boys. It's back in the Middle Ages, and he shows how the witch witch trials um, were so cruel. And basically, I remember the passage in which the boys are playing together, and uh, they are telling him, the devil, the mysterious stranger, uh, how much they uh, love their friend and how much they admire one of their group. And he says, oh, he says, would you like me to do something kind, good to this little boy? And they say, yes, of course. And so he drowns the child. And they're, of course, shocked and stunned by this act and then the devil goes on to tell them what was in store for that child in his life, what he had to look forward to, and they had to agree that he was better off, uh, not existing. Uh, actually, there's a piece I like to read on KPFA. It's too sad to read today, uh, after the death of Twain's daughter, when he, uh, expresses the same opinion that, uh, it would have been better, uh, Had she not lived, basically, he's asking himself whether he would call her back, whether he would ask that she go on living, and, of course, he would not. It's funny how dark he grew in his old age, not funny at all. Uh, In any case, I'm trying, yes, I'm trying not to do the same thing, now that I'm of a certain age. There's something I didn't mean to mention today. I was staggering on and off the bus to get here. And uh, I noticed that uh, having uh, bronchial pneumonia recently has taken 10 years off my life. And I just wanted to remind KPFA listeners, those of you who, uh, you know, care about <laughs> life and death, pay attention to this flu. Um, most of us have been sick to some degree. Perhaps I was sicker than most. But I, I just want to remind you. I don't know why we always need reminding. If you get sick, stay home. Don't go out and share these bugs. Uh, these bugs are wicked. They say that approximately 36,000 of us will die of the flu this year. Uh, that's a lot more than get killed in wars, you know, and it's almost as many as get killed in car wrecks. So don't fool around. Stay home. Don't be brave. The number of people I know who say, oh, I've got to go to work. Don't have to do anything of the sort. Go to bed, stay in bed, get well, take care of yourself. Uh, Try to put yourself in the mood. My mood is always kind of 19th century neurotic, you know. I think of myself as, uh, oh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning or something. And I try to enjoy the hallucinations. I had lots while I was sick. In any case, let me just read you some passages from the Diary of Adam and Eve on the theory that it will turn you on to Mark Twain and you will want to get a copy of his biography by Ron Powers. You know, you can call any time during the show and get one. It's uh, 1-800-HEY-KPFA. That's one 800 Just give us a call. Locally, it's five one zero eight four eight kpfa In any case, this is the Diary of Adam and Eve, and here is a little snippet. Of Adam's Diary. Monday. This new creature with the long hair is a good deal in the way. It is always hanging around and following me about. I don't like this. I'm not used to company. I wish it would stay with the other animals. Hmm. Cloudy today. Wind in the east. Think we shall have rain. We. Where did I get that word? I remember now. The new creature uses it. "'Tuesday, been examining the Great Waterfall, the finest thing in the estate, I think. "'The new creature calls it Niagara Falls. Why, I am sure, I do not know.' "'She says, it looks like Niagara Falls. "'That is not a reason. It is mere waywardness and imbecility. "'I get no chance to name anything myself. "'The new creature names everything that comes along before I can get in a protest, "'and always the same pretext is offered.' that it looks like the thing. Now, there's the dodo, for instance. She says that the moment one looks at it, one sees at a glance that it looks like a dodo. It will have to keep that name, no doubt. It wearies me to fret about it. Does no good anyway. Dodo. It looks no more like a dodo than I do. (laughs) He goes on here. The naming goes recklessly on. Oh, consequently, without consulting me, she has named it Niagara Falls Park. <laughs> There's already a sign up there. Keep off the grass. My life is not as happy as it was. Saturday. The new creature eats too much fruit. We're going to run short, most likely. We, again, that is its word. Mine, too, now from hearing it so much. Hmm. Oh, this new creature stumps around in the mud and talks and talks. It used to be so pleasant and quiet here. Sunday. Pulled through, the new creature says its name is Eve. That's all right, I have no objections. Says it is to call it by when I want it to come. I said it was superfluous then. The word superfluous evidently raised me in its respect. Indeed, it is a large good word and will bear repetition. It says it is not an it, it is a she. This is probably doubtful, yet it is all one to me. What she is were nothing to me if she would but go by herself and not talk. Tuesday, she has littered the whole estate with execrable names and offensive signs. This way to the whirlpool, this way to Goat Island, Cave of the Winds this way. She says this park would make a tidy summer resort if there was any custom for it. Summer resort, another invention of hers. Just words without any meaning. What's a summer resort? It is best not to ask her, though, She has such a rage for explaining. She has taken to beseeching me to stop going over the falls. What harm does it do? Says it makes her shudder. Wonder why I've always done it, like the plunge, the coolness. I supposed it was what the falls were for. They have no other use that I can see. They must have been made for something. She says they were made for scenery, like the rhinoceros and the mastodon. Went over the falls in a barrel. Went over in a tub, still not satisfactory. What I need is a change of scene. I escaped last Tuesday night, traveled two days, built me a shelter in a secluded place. (laughs) Anyway, she came looking for me, making that pitiful noise, shedding water out of the places she looks with. I was obliged to return with her. I will presently emigrate again when occasion offers. She engages herself in many foolish things, among others. She studies out why animals are called uh, lions and tigers and why those animals live uh, on grass and flowers because, as she says, the sort of teeth they wear would indicate that they would be to kill each other and that would introduce what, as I understand it, is called death. And death, as I have been told, has not yet entered the park, which is a pity on some accounts. (laughs) Anyway, he goes on and on and on about the difficulty it is to adjust to this woman made out of the rib taken from his body. Rib, he says, that's doubtful. (laughs) I have not missed any rib. Huh, she's in much trouble with the buzzard, says Grass does not agree with it. Is afraid she can't raise it. Thinks it was intended to live on decayed flesh. Hmm. We cannot overturn the whole scheme just to accommodate a buzzard. And he goes on and on. Every once in a while, uh, he will get some rest on a Sunday. And he says, yes, he pulled through. Uh, Tuesday, she has taken up with a snake now. The other animals are glad for she was always experimenting with them and bothering them. I'm glad because the snake talks that enables me to get a rest. She says the snake advises her to try the fruit of that tree. She says the result will be a great and noble education. I told her there would be another result. It would introduce death into the world. That was a mistake. It had been better to keep the remark to myself. It gave her an idea. She could save the sick buzzard. She could furnish fresh meat. To the despondent lions and tigers. I advised her to keep away from that tree. She said she wouldn't. I foresee trouble. I will emigrate. (laughs) In any case, on and on they go, on and on they go. Um, Okay, and we have the disaster, finally. Uh, Ten days after the fall, Adam writes, she accuses me of being the cause of our disaster. She says with apparent sincerity and truth that the serpent assured her that the forbidden fruit was not apples, it was chestnuts. I said I was innocent, for I had not eaten any chestnuts. She said the serpent informed her that chestnut was a figurative term meaning an aged and moldy joke. I turned pale at that, for I have made many jokes to pass the weary time, and some of them could have been of that sort though I had honestly supposed they were new when I made them. She asked me if I had made one just at the time of the catastrophe. I was obliged to admit that I had made one to myself, though not allowed. <laughs> anyway, there, she said, with triumph, the serpent mentioned this. It's called the first chestnut. It's coeval with creation. Ah, I am indeed to blame. Would that I were not witty. Oh, would that I had never had that radiant thought. Okay. I'm skipping over pages and pages of Adam's diary uh, to the next year. He writes, we have named it Cain. She caught it while I was up country trapping on the North Shore. (laughs) He goes on. He cannot decide if Cain, this baby, of course, Is a fish or an animal? He said, I put it in the water to see if it was a fish. It sank. She plunged in and snatched it out before there was opportunity for the experiment to determine the matter. I still think it's a fish. She will not let me have it to try to experiment. I do not understand this. The coming of this creature seems to have changed her whole nature and made her unreasonable about experiments. Hmm. She thinks more of it than she does of any of the other animals. She's not able to explain why. Her mind is disordered. Everything shows it. Oh, Sundays she lies around all tired out. She likes to have that fish wallow all over her. She makes fool noises to amuse it. She pretends to chew its paws and makes it laugh. Hmm. I have not seen a fish before that could laugh. This makes me doubt. Mm-hmm. Ah, superintending all week just tires a body so there ought to be more Sundays. In the old days they were tough but now they come in handy. Wednesday. It isn't a fish. (laughs) He goes on to experiment until he figures out that, uh, yes, they are boys. There's now two of them. (laughs) The kangaroos grow up. It's not a kangaroo, right? Yes, uh, I have examined its mouth. It has only one tooth. (laughs) Okay. Adam has a wonderful time trying to figure out what everything is all about. Uh, Let's see. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip all the way to Eve's diary. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Let me finish just... Let me finish with Adam summing up ten years later. Here, just a minute. Uh... When he figures out that these children are children, he says they are boys. We found it out long ago. It was their coming in that small immature shape that puzzled us. We were not used to it, and there are some girls now. Abel is a good boy, but if Cain had stayed a bear, it would have improved him. After all these years, I see that I was mistaken about Eve in the beginning. It is better to live outside the garden with her than inside uh, without her. At first I thought she talked too much, but now I would be sorry to have that voice fall silent and pass out of my life. Blessed be the chestnut that brought us together and taught me to know the goodness and sweetness of her spirit. Okay. Let's jump to Eve. Way back in the beginning she says, I am almost a whole day old now I arrived yesterday. <laughs> I feel like an experiment. It would be impossible for a person to feel more like an experiment than I do. If I am an experiment, am I the whole of it? Is my position assured? Let's see. She goes on and on to try to define herself. That seems to be her first business. But, of course, the main thing is her great affection for everything living. Yes, uh, she does love the cosmos she loves the moon and the stars because they're so pretty and romantic. Uh, she says, yes, she says, yes, that she's afraid the stars will not last. She says that they, you know, sometimes they, they, uh, fall, they shoot away, and she knows that, uh, she says that someday they will all be gone. So she tries to double the number of them with her tears because she doesn't want them to all melt. Yes. She talks and talks. She says to herself, if this reptile is a man, is it an it? (laughs) That's not grammatical, is it? She says. All week, she says, I tagged around after him and tried to get acquainted. I had to do all the talking because he was shy. She said, but I didn't mind that. He seemed pleased to have me around. He used that sociable we a good deal. Yes. (laughs) It flatters him, she says, uh, to be included. I have taken all the work of naming things off his hands, which has been a great relief to him, for he has no gift in that line. He's evidently very grateful. He can't think of a rational name to save himself. Uh, But I do not let him see that I am aware of his defect. Yes. Uh, Whenever a new creature comes along, I name it before he has time to expose himself by an awkward silence. In this way, I have saved him many embarrassments. Uh, I have no defect like his. The minute I set eyes on an animal, I know what it is. (laughs) When the dodo came along, he thought it was a wildcat. No. Okay, Thursday is my first sorrow. Yesterday he avoided me. He seemed to wish I would not talk to him. I could not believe it. I thought there was some mistake. I love to be with him, love to hear him talk. Uh, How could he feel unkind towards me when I had done nothing? Uh, In any case, she goes on discovering the limitations uh, of her relationship. With this curious creature, Adam, indeed, indeed. Uh, Yes. (laughs) And Adam goes on to say, yes, she tries to start a dairy with the brontosaurus, but it's the wrong sex, he says. Uh, He says, if she would quiet down and keep still a couple minutes at a time, it would be a reposeful spectacle. Uh, I could see... She was quite a remarkably comely creature, lithe, slender, trim, rounded, shapely, nimble, graceful, once when she was standing marble white and sun-drenched against a boulder, yes, indeed we have to we have to uh my my engineer's trying to get my attention. We have to sell folks, we have to sell <laughs> it's time to sell, we have to sell, we have to sell. Right. Hi, yes. Jennifer, this is Amelia with right. you here. We're at the end, yes. Adam goes to the grave and he says, wherever she was, there was Eden. Never mind. We all love Mark Twain and The Diary of Adam and Eve is my most favorite, my most favorite of all. The book, folks, is by Ron Powers. And it's Mark Twain's biography and you can have it for a $100 subscription to KPFA. And the telephone number is 1-800-HEY-KPFA with an E, hey. It's one 800 5732 And I really hope that some of you will call in and join Free Speech Radio. You have to become a member of this very select club. This is where the elite meet folk, the creme de la creme. This is a great club. There's no meetings. No meetings. You just lend us an ear and send us whatever you can afford. If you can't afford a $100 membership, a $60 subscription will do. It's for community public radio. If you don't want chaos, you've got to have community. I don't need to tell you how important it is to support First Amendment radio.
0: That's right, and you know some of the voices that we hear, Jennifer, are voices that you're not going to hear anywhere else. You know, this is where we heard the readings of uh, the writings of Stan Tookie Williams. This is where you hear the uh, the voice of, of Mark Twain and his writing, and Winona LaDuke, Norman Solomon. You know, so many people, and all the 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 real ones, the
1: authentic ones. You exactly. Know. Twain uses. Silly words, four-letter words like rich and poor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you I don't hear, I turn on the media, you know, and I hear all this bloody gobbledygook, and it doesn't say anything to me, maybe I'm just old-fashioned, you know, I still use the F-word feminism, you have to watch that, watch that, you know, everybody will wince and say, oh, no, 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 you know, the R-word radical, I like the R-word radical. And that's why people
0: gone. tune in to you, Jennifer, and I get a lot of the calls of folks that just love your perspective on what is going on around the world. And this is the time to call in another phone line and call in the one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two 439 5732 as we start our winter fun drive here. This is the first day. We're hoping to be able to limit it to 15 days. We're really trying to do that. But, you know, again, this is something that we need your contribution your help with in order to limit our fund drive here to 15 days and the only way that we can do that is by you pl- pledging your support for free speech for the literature that you hear here on a on a daily basis here on cover to cover and for all the programming that you hear on a daily basis from uh, the weekend to the weekdays to the afternoon to the mornings to the evenings, whatever it is that really, uh, as my daughters would say, float your boat. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's what we need you to call in and pledge your support for float right now. all
1: boats, float all right? boats, raise all boats. You know, the last night I was trying to think, you know, somebody said, what's the matter with you, Jennifer? You know, the world's in great shape. You know, who's the enemy? I said, the enemy is otherism. No, to be separate is to be in a bad case. You see, the isms, I made a list. There's sexism, racism, classism. And then I came to the bottom of the list, you know, patriotism, nationalism. I said, the biggest one, the worst one is stupidism. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No such thing here. No No. (laughs) stupidisms, you know. If one more person tells me, you know, an absolute, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, good guys and bad guys, says, come on, you know, this is, you gotta have some imagination if you're gonna right. win this. You know, it takes everybody shoving at this monster from every angle. You know, whether it's literature or music or, you know, getting a stick and beating somebody's bottom. You know, we have to do what you call, uh, what you call that, uh, have to fight on all fronts uh, that's right yeah it's okay it's okay to use the word somebody the other day they said you know all you guys do is talk i said well you know there's some dow in that i said of course you know that's where it starts and then maybe somebody you know give each thought its action it's right. true i well, don't know right now we need to talk folks over
0: to the phone and if you call in 1-800- four three nine five seven three two you get this uh, wonderful book that Jennifer has been talking about Mark Twain a life by Ron Powers which includes some of his com- uh, of some of uh, Samuel's Lang- Langhorn Clemens comments on everything he saw many published here for the very first time and they are priceless mm-hmm. this is a very very nice biography of Mark Twain yours for the asking for a hundred dollars and if that seems a little steep let me remind you that you could do the The monthly payment thing that comes out to less than, boy, my eyesight is going. I know there's a little sign there, Simina. I wonder if you could help me. $100 a month is less than uh, $12 a, a month. So, I'm sorry, $100 a year. Boy, I'm a little
1: rusty. Economics, but economics exactly. will break your. It'll just break your heart if not your back. <laughs> no,
0: no, exactly. No, no. And right now, that's you know that's what it's about. Right now, we come to you uh, three times uh, out of the year. I know that it it seems like we were just here. Believe you me, it seems like that to me as well. But we have to do this in order to stay alive. We've got one minute left. We have one person on the phone. Thank oh you so gosh. much How to, to the, the, the other title. folks that have been calling as well. But right now, we need more people to call in. In order to keep our pledge to you to try to limit this drive to 15 days, in order for us to uh, to go continue with the programming that we normally have, you know. But I, I would say that FunDrive drive is an opportunity to go out of the box sometimes and bring you stuff that that uh, normally you might not hear, and definitely you don't hear somewhere else. And this is what we're trying to do today: bring you uh, information, bring you readings, bring you books, something to entice you, something to encourage you. something to have you uh, feel good about in terms of doing your contribution to keeping free speech radio alive. This is the place where we hear ourselves think,
1: folks. Yes, radio is where you can hear yourself think. I was making more isms here, trivialism, tribalism. (laughs) A friend of mine sent me two pages of isms, you know. (laughs) That's wonderful. In any case, yes, if it can't be said, folks, it can't be thought. We are the voice in the wilderness here. I I hope to hear from all of you soon. I have a a whole pile of letters here I wanted to go over, but